don't just, you know, curse the darkness, light a candle. Howdy, folks. Welcome to the Virtue Signal. I'm Alfonso Rachel with my buddy Bill Whittle. Bill, man, when are you going to come out with that video game? Man, we, we need another video game. We need like some sort of video game to compete, com, com, to, uh, compete with this nonsense. What did I see? We got uh, Between the Sims. And uh, I mean, because, you know, you're working on some, uh, some video type stuff uh, uh, or animation mm -hmm. uh, and then also animation itself. And that brings to mind these articles that I saw. Uh, Blues Clues. Uh, and the Sims. So in the Sims, man, you can go ahead and select your character, and uh, it's 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 uh, wonderfully designed to where if you want to have like a, a a double chest uh, scars, you can show your scars from yeah, your I mess, saw that. right? Uh, and 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 even in a uh, uh, Blues Clues or Nickelodeon, right? Nickelodeon Junior. Matter of fact, just to really let you know this, but is that a cartoon show? It's it's a cartoon show, and and and, and folks, yes, I, I love cartoons. I don't watch Nick Junior though, but look. You know, where you have it to where you're going to have a, a pride parade. Pride, man. You know, I have my issues with that. But you got to have this pride parade. And they got the, the teddy bears that have their scars and stuff like that. And you got the sim that's going to have, you know, where you can wear these draws where it, it hides uh, your junk and stuff like that. So, you know, you don't have anything protruding down there or anything mm -hmm. like that. So these are the kind of things. And, and this kind of stuff, man, these are levers that the godless left. I know that sounds really redundant, uh, uses to infiltrate and influence the culture, man. They've been doing it for a long time. And uh, so, you know, we, we're going to get these backlashes, you know, you know, where conservatives are going to talk about it. We're going to point these things out. We're going to say how it's bad. And uh, I, I reckon, you know, and unfortunately, I just want to say this really quick. Yes, we're still talking about the trans issue because it's still going on. Right. That's and, the battlefront now. And, That's where the fight is. Yeah, it's it's something something really needs to be done about it. And rather than, you know, okay, we're gonna take down this or we're gonna wave our finger at this, why haven't we built those things to to be in its place when it comes down? Well, there has to be something better in the first place to compete with it or to be there when it comes crashing down. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Bill? Well, uh I think the objective is is pretty clear. Um, the immediate uh, goal, it's on a wide front, but the transgender issue is is really the kind of the axis of advance for the left, mm. is to normalize uh, deviancy. Uh -huh. uh, is to is to normalize anything. One of the reasons that they like this term cisgender, meaning uh, straight people, non-trans people, is it's no longer a question of men and women now. Now it's cis men and cis women versus trans men and trans women. And the fact that you're a cis man and a trans man, now you have these things that have about the same equal weight, right? You're either one or the other. You're no longer a man or woman. Now it's like you're either, are you straight? Are you trans or are you cis? So I understand how all this stuff works. And and it's this normalization of, of deviancy that is part of the genuine rapid advance on the on the destruction of any kind of it's not even the destruction of morality so much as destruction of the entire idea of normalcy uh there's a term in the in in pop culture you know for regular people called you know, derisively called normies um 
And there is a, a large and growing subculture of people who feel that any kind of normality it is boring and and therefore uncool and therefore I don't want anything to do with it. Uh, there's a term that's come into use recently where you see almost exclusively young people, early teens to mid-teens, maybe even late teens, where they're, they'll get on TikTok and they'll talk about how they're neurodivergent, which means that they either have ADHD or they think they've got, uh, you know, gender dysphoria or they've got, uh, alts, uh, uh, um, you know, they're, they're the, anything they can come up with to make themselves into a, a protected class of victimhood. Mm -hmm. That's the goal is to, is to find which one of these protected victim classes you can squeeze into, especially if you're white and double, especially if you're white male and triple, especially if you're white male straight person and, and to the fourth power, if you're a white male straight Christian person, but those last group don't generally fall into this trap. Man. And, and, you know, and you're right, man, we talk about this, uh, this cisgender, uh, transgender, basically, basically we, we we've stepped into the political, the so-called politically correct terms of hyphenated gender. Right. Mm -hmm. And we've, you know, as conservatives, we've been saying this for a while and we knew that this was going to be a problem. It's like, look, man, you need to take the hyphens out. Right. It's of everything. Like, you know, yeah. it, and like for me, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, I don't like the idea of being a hyphenated American. I'm just an American. But you even it, and you even have a lot of you know black conservatives say, no, I'm not a hyphenated American. I'm just an American. But they'll go out there and say, well, I'm, a, I'm a black Republican. I'm a mm -hmm. black conservative. So, well, why are you hyphenating that? Yep. Right. You got to be consistent. And that's one of the reasons why we haven't really been able to effectively fight this thing, because we got to be consistent on our own end. And now we're, we're stepped into a place where we're you're not only are you a hyphenated gender, you, you get into being a hyphenated species and all that sort of stuff. And it, this the, the ridiculous of this is, is going it's going to go off the charts and it's going to get worse. Um, Let me just say one thing about the hyphen, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. um, the, the entire purpose of the Frankfurt School and this and this decision made by these uh, communist um, philosophers in in the years immediately after World War II, they realized that communism wasn't going to come through the what what Marx predicted it was going to come through. Marx was wrong about Marxism. Marx uh, said that it's going to be the oppressed workers that are going to bring about this uh, egalitarian society. And it turned out that capitalism was producing so much wealth that that just wasn't going to happen. You know, it just wasn't. So they decided that it would have to come from uh, the culture. That they would use the dispossessed as the vanguard. Mm -hmm. The entire theory of 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 critical theory, including critical critical race theory, is you divide the country up into groups and set the groups against the middle, never against each other. That's why it's absolutely verboten for feminists to attack trans people or whatever. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's like no, everything has to attack the norm. Everything has to attack the middle. And so when you when you hyphenate yourself, what you've done is you've said I'm no longer an American or male or anything like that. It's like now I belong to this pie slice of this larger thing, right? I'm no longer an American. I'm an Anglo-American or I'm an Asian-American or I'm whatever. I'm no longer uh, a, a male. I'm a cis male or I'm a, a or, or you know. And, and what whenever that hyphen appears, it's probably better to think of it as like a slash. You know, it's a dividing line is what it is. It's basically saying anytime you see that hyphen in terms of people uh, using it to um, to identify themselves, it is it is a an indication that they have divided themselves up. <laughs> so that so that's it. It's all about dividing people up.
Absolutely, man. And that's, you know, that's exactly who Democrats are. And even speaking of hypens, man, just uh, uh, as a side note, I don't even like to call Democrats. I don't like to call them communist Democrats, communist hyping Democrats. I don't even see the point. Yeah, that's right. Same same animal. Yeah, I don't don't see that because the thing is, you know, with that calling Democrats, you know, communists, that's like a reward for them. They don't have any shame in it. They're proud of it. Uh, It doesn't change anything. In fact, it makes it worse. Uh, And really, the more important thing to me is why isn't calling them Democrats bad enough? Like we're trying to add some weight to them being communists. Like, no, communists and socialists were inspired by Democrats. Yeah. (laughs) There was a pushback against the term liberal among left wingers when it's after Obama pretty much disappeared. But there was a period there after Reagan when you would you would say to a you'd ask in a a debate or something, you'd say, so you're a Democrat, so you're a liberal, huh? I'm not a liberal. Because they knew that people had associated with the term liberal with people who let prisoners out of jail and, you know, who advocate drug use for for teens and and all of the other things that look so quaint today. Mm. Um, And so that word became a kind of anathema. And I don't call them liberals because liberals associated with liberty. I call them progressives because they're progressing to take us right off the cliff. But progressive is cancer. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, so they're getting more and more brazen about it. More and more young people are openly calling themselves socialists because they have been any any history has been excluded from them. Any history. They, you could show them footage of World War One, World War Two, or, or or Vietnam, and they wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Mm. It's not that they don't know that they're different wars, even that, not even that they don't know when it happened. They can't tell the difference, and and I've seen evidence of this. So if you can destroy somebody's history and make, if you can deprive somebody of their history, then their entire history, which means their identity, is an open blank slate that you can write upon mm-hmm. and put whatever self-hating uh cues on that tablet that you want to if you can if you can make sure they don't know anything about their history you write their own history for them and that creates a a a personality that goes exactly where you want them to go and this is this is how all the subs work and this is why it works in the sims and these cartoons right we're gonna we're gonna normalize whatever we want we're we're going to we're going to normalize everything to the degree that normal no longer means anything. And, mm. and the, the degree of revulsion that, that, that progressives feel at the term normal is really, a, a, it's a profound indicator of things, you know, I'm kind of proud to be normal. I'm not normal in a lot of ways, you know, <laughs> um, but, but I've never felt that just being a, a, a regular American was anything other than the, about the highest honor somebody could hand you, you know? Indeed, man. And, you know, th- and this is what this for me, for me personally, this is why I've always had an aversion to the term liberal itself and an aversion to not referring to uh, the left wing as liberal, because liberal itself, whether you, a person wants to consider it classical liberalism or liberalism, whichever, you can't actually define what it is, because what may be liberal to one person is another set of what liberalism is to another person. So who can actually put constraints on what it is, which automatically cancels itself out. And whoever's going to be the survival, uh, the the, the one fitting the model of survival of the fittest is the one who's going to be able to dictate to what somebody else has to view as liberalism. We have to live under that. Liberalism. The only adjective, I'm sorry, the only adjectives that I've ever found to be consistent across all periods in history and all countries everywhere, consistent, is collectivist and individualist. That's the one thing mm. that I always end up 
Same. And that's yes. it. Yes, yes. I mean, because even with liberalism, and as they're taking these liberties, you know, with these video games uh, and, and whatever cultural uh, lever that they're going to use to influence uh, uh, the culture is, you know, you could just see it soaked in liberalism. Liberalism, one has to actually follow the evolution. You have to take the total evolution of what it is. And it never amounts to liberty. It's like it's a it's a misnomer. You know, liberalism, what it amounts to is people taking, you know, liberties or being liberal with their power, liberal with taxing you, liberal with spending your money, liberal with borrowing your money, liberal with who qualifies as a human being and who doesn't, liberal with their interpretations of who qualifies as a man or who doesn't. All these things are products of liberalism. It's like I say about, you know, the the devil in the garden, the actual classical liberal, the one who comes in and says, hey, you're not really free. Let me tell you what freedom really is and sucker these people into forfeiting the absolute liberty that they had. That's what liberalism does. Now, had they actually been conservative and stuck to what God said and been radical about what God says, the root of the law himself, had they done that, well, then they wouldn't have been suckered by the rebel, the devil. So you can kind of make you kind of make an analogy between that and and the difference between those two things, between being free and then having a liberal tell you about freedom, mm-hmm. you, you can make that same kind of argument about uh, genuine faith versus religious dogma, right? Mm. I mean, religiousism, right? Where you're, yes. where the religion is more important than what the religion is about. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Because, and, and liberalism itself, <clears throat> man, you want to talk about a religion? Woo! Mm. And, and and in a religion, you can make a bunch of amendments. You know, when it's a when it's a man-made dogma assuming to uphold whatever religious dogma that it is, you, it, you can't get away from the man-made aspect of it. And liberalism is no different. It's a religion and you can make all sorts of amendments to it to suit your own worldview and narrative. And if you want to, if how far you want to go with it, you can go ahead and take it to where you make it official in office and other people have to live by your ideas of freedom. That's what liberalism does. Conservatism, however, when it's based particularly on the Bible as the Constitution is, when it has that and it understands that, dude, these are your God-given rights. And you do not want to put in things or institute anything that's going to mess with that so we can uphold the balance of liberty and the balance of freedom. That's where conservatism comes in. But even conservative, it's like I'll hear people say that they'll talk talk about classical liberalism. That's fine. But even if you're going to be a classical liberal, you still got to be conservative about it. Because if you don't and it goes unconstrained, well, you end up with with people instituting perversion for us to have a live under. And it comes through. Mediums like these video games, and I love yep. video games. Right? Constrained is really the word. Um, constrained doesn't mean um, doesn't even really mean confined. It, it just means that that there are boundaries which freedom has to operate within. And and if you want to take this purest argument of like, well, you don't need any laws, you should be able to do whatever you want to all the time. That's not freedom. That's anarchy, and that's the rule of the of, of the toughest and the fittest, and all the rest of it. So it, it so all of us has to be constrained. And when people say, well, you know, conservatism is so old fashioned, I oh yes, I do. It is. And and at some point, you have to stop and ask yourself if you if you were to just for a minute take all morality and religion off the table, all all Christianity and Judaism, all of it, just wipe it, just wipe it away. Just for the sake of the argument. What you're really dealing with, with, with these conservative principles is billions and billions of human lives over thousands and thousands of years through trial and error have shown 
that these things that we revere lead to the the largest amount of happiness that is possible to attain on a on a flawed real world planet that we actually live on it's 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 billions of 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 human lives that have either adhered to a certain set of principle or not and the reason that they're that they're conservative principles is because these are the ones that work. These are the little pachinko balls that end up going where pachinko balls are happiest. And all of these other excursions off to the side have ended up generating more misery. And so, and so this idea that normality or normalcy is, is like, you know, some kind of outdated idea. It's like, no, it's not outdated. It's, it's, it's a, it's a mathematical probabilistic picture of what's true. Mm of what's true what's really true what what will make your life better and what will make your life worse what will make you happier and what will make you more miserable and and those are the constraints that that we call conservatism these are the things that we say theoretically yes any action you take is is possible and you can live in a society where you like ours is becoming you can literally do anything but that doesn't mean that that is the right thing to do. Well, how do I know what the right thing to do is? Well, you might want to take a look at what billions and billions and billions of other people have tried over thousands and thousands and thousands of years. You might want to start there because there's nothing new under the sun. Everything that these people are trying is stuff that's been tried before. In, in ancient Rome, um, there was a debate in, in 30 AD about handing out food, and they talked about Gaius Gracchus, who handed out a bunch of food from the public uh, treasury in 150 BC. So 200 years earlier, the Romans were saying, we tried this and it didn't work. And they were saying that in 50 AD. So none of this is new. All of this is simply to say that this is why the entire idea of normalcy has to be destroyed because normalcy represents a statistical probabilistic range of behaviors that lead to increased happiness and increased freedom. I hear you, man. And then the thing is, but even normalcy is another one of those instances where a person can be liberal with what normalcy is. That's the thing about it. Who who puts who has the corner? I mean, don't get me wrong, man. I mean, you ha you have these historical markers, these, these things that you can refer to throughout mm -hmm. history. But I mean, even with that, Bill, people can take liberties on how they're going to view history and how they're going to promote their idea of history. Like I often hear the term, it's the winners uh, who, who, write, who write history. I don't agree with that. I think the losers write history because the losers are to go, who are gonna be the most butthurt about it and wanna put out their narrative in their lament about what the history was. And then they get in there and they find whatever institution of influence that they can get into, as we see with our institutions of higher learning, Mm -hmm. uh, our education system, our entertainment and, and news media system, they have taken to it all. The losers are the ones who are running that and they're telling the story of how things have gone down. And so they're the ones dictating to what normalcy is. I'll split a hair with you on this one. Mm. I think that I think that the that the winners write history. It's the losers that rewrite history. Oh, I like it. Okay. Yeah. I think that's how it works. Yes. Right? When when you have conquered, when your ideals are prevalent and you you're either the Romans or the Egyptians, whoever, and you've and you've conquered all your enemies, and you write the history, and you make yourself look good because we're the victors, and we are the ones who are publishing books because the people that we've defeated are now in chains or whatever the case may be. So the victors write history, 
And then once the victors have gone conveniently to sleep or, or out on the town or drunk or whatever, <laughs> then the losers start this termite-like erosion, right? And they start rewriting all of this stuff. And that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing a rewriting of normalcy yes. and, and defining normalcy out of existence. And it's not a mystery why. What's a mystery is why we don't do more about it. Oh man, great, great question, man. That that's it right there. Is because yeah, we we don't want you know, as the saying goes, don't just you know curse the darkness, light a candle. Why are yeah. you know like um you know we're the I, ones with the candles? It's kind of a handy thing to have when you're fighting darkness, right? They don't have any light. They don't have mm -hmm. any truth. We've got the truth. How about we deploy it every now and then? Dang it, why not? Right? And and not only that, not embolden them, and not be deceived by somebody showing like you know, an ounce of morality or something like that, or something that kind of squares up with your political worldview uh, and put it in, and giving up, especially when it comes to the politics, giving that precedence over the over the the real issue, not just the symptom, but the root cause of it. Like, say, for instance, uh, I, in that article that I had seen, you know, concerning the Sims, uh, you have uh, gays against groomers. Uh, quipped that children were now able to uh, be groomed in the metaverse, slamming the Sims for promoting body mutilation and mm -hmm. self-harm to children. Okay, this is not inclusive or affirming, they added. It's a virtual gateway drug with real-life consequences. Okay, freeze. Homosexuality was the gateway drug that got us here. Okay, so you got homosexual, homosexuals trying to distinguish themselves as the sanctified group Apart from the LGBT, it's like, no, I was warning about this years ago and got shunned for it. It's like, look, man, uh, it's, this isn't about bigotry or anything like this against homosexuals. They're human beings. It's their behavior that I disagree with. And I know that this behavior is going to open up the floodgates when people wrap their arms around. This is going to turn into a real problem. Okay, Not because I'm some sort of clairvoyant and because I know, but because I read it. I read it in the word of God. This is going to be a problem. All right. So. When you have them doing stuff like this and they want to act like, you know, that, that the trans is a whole different animal or something like that. They're not trying to, like I said, they're not trying to separate themselves from the LGBT or or, or the uh, the trans people because of groomering or anything like that or because of children. They don't care about that. They really don't. The reason why they the, the, the homosexuals want to be different or, or separate from the trans is because homosexuals make the claim that they are born that way and there's nothing you can they can do about it. Where the trans is saying, yeah, I was born this way and yes, I can do something about it and I can change who I am. That's the major conflict of interest between these two people and the homosexuals are trying to make like it isn't, but that's the crux of it. And they're trying to make it like it's something else. They're all perverts. What do you say, you know? <laughs> it, 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 what do you say? Uh, all of the, the reason this stuff is under assault is because it's the foundation of a free society and free people are the only thing that stands in the way of the power hungry elitists that have always been with us and will always be with us. So the United States of America middle class, that's the great obstacle to them. And the American experiment has been a, a brief period where we did not have uh, ruling aristocrats or elites. And so in order to remove that obstacle to aristocracy and elitism, it's got to be eroded away and destroyed and chipped and broken up into little pieces. And then and then it's just a matter of time, which is why people like us are saying, you don't want to chip on this. 
You know, it may seem like a small chip, but it's not going back, right? You're not putting that piece of the rock back. Once it's gone, it's gone. So yeah, I think I think that's exactly it. I hear you, man. It's, and on that note, that probably will probably end us with a. Uh, uh, we'll leave on a cliffhanger. Because I reckon at some point we need to talk about this uh, advent of AI, man, and where we're going with that, right? Yep. So, we'll tune. Ho- hopefully, you guys will tune in for that, and uh, hopefully, AI doesn't turn into gay eye. Anyway, sorry, I, I just had to throw that in there. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning into the Virtue Signal. I'm Alfonso Rachel from my buddy Bill Whittle, and we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you. Mm-hmm.